college basketball fans, welcome back to the college ball show. He's Marshall. I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some college basketball. And just in case we've been having a little issues here, Marshall, why don't you un- unmute real quick just before I can, uh, you know, do this long spiel? Are you there? Yes, I'm. I'm good, brother. All right, cool. Well, we should be good then. All right, so um, obviously, you know, we, we've got a lot to talk about, no doubt about it. Um, we had a really good week of college basketball, to say the least. I mean, we can just talk about, you know, what happened on the weekend, because plenty of stuff did. Obviously, that Saturday and Sunday, jam full of good games. Kentucky just smacked around Kansas. Um that Kentucky team, when Ty Ty's back and they're full strength, it is going to be tough to beat them. Bama, Alabama showed out. You know, it's really hit or miss with Alabama. You don't know which one's going to show up. Sure, Baylor wasn't full strength. They were missing their number one scorer. But um, Bama has some quality wins and kind of some head scratchers, um, to say the least. If you look at Sunday, Purdue got a big win over Ohio State down the stretch of that game. My Minnesota Gophers went down the stretch, speaking of, um, with Wisconsin, didn't work out. But that Marquette and Providence game, we talked about how that's such a key matchup. It's the two hottest teams in the Big East. They met. It was a really, really tight game. So there's just a there's a lot to talk about. I mean, you could go back <laughs> – Literally, you could go back to Providence Xavier was a really fun game, no doubt about it. You go back to Monday, actually, when we did the the last time we did the show was a phenomenal uh, double overtime game with Kansas and Texas Tech. So um, tonight, Duke and Notre Dame, we'll see if Baylor can uh, beat West Virginia at home. They should be able to, but when you look at the schedule, Tuesday, Kansas at Iowa State, Texas at Texas Tech. Wednesday, Wisconsin at Illinois, Villanova at Marquette. The rematch. Let's see if Arizona could show up this time. They are playing. They know they they're playing Thursday, right? Uh, Ukula in Arizona. That's just the week. We're not even talking about some of the big matchups like UConn and Villanova, and Iowa State and Texas and um, Baylor, Kansas. I mean. Just chock full of stuff to talk about, no doubt about it. So um, before we get into this with the preview and predictions and kind of just taking a look at some of the top conferences, um, if this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropeadope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropeadope and download the show directly there. Listen to the browser if you don't want to. You can listen to the College Ball Show under the Ropa Dope Radio podcast on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon Music. We're also part of the Grueling True Sports Podcast Network. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. And one more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contract. No hidden fees. If you upgraded the Choice and Ultimate Package, that will give you HBO Max for three free for three months. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks without the additional fees. 
And if you go all the way to the Premier Package, that'll give you HBO Max and Showtime already included. That's Direct TV Stream. Okay, let's bring in my co-host Marshall um, and see how he's doing on this lovely Monday late afternoon, early evening. I'm doing great, man. Um, I watched a lot and lot of college basketball. Um, I watched some crappy teams I bet on who won me money, and I found some new teams to hate. And I also just watched uh, some good chunks of uh, teams who our listeners may know. But I will say, Chris, the uh, Jacksonville Dolphins, I'm 2-0 with them this year. I never knew they were a team. But when a team wins you money, do you really care where they're from? Absolutely not. Because no, no matter whoever the team is, if they win a bet, it, it, it doesn't matter. So go Jacksonville Dolphins. That is officially our new adopted team of the year. Um, we've we've adopted the Raging Cajuns football team for the past seven years on our college football podcast. We are now, Chris, officially Jacksonville Dolphin fans. I just wanted to let you know that memo so you can follow suit moving forward. But so what? Uh, you got to explain that a little more. Like if it's our squad, I got to know you didn't talk about Jacksonville on the podcast. So All right. Well, okay. So I, well, I was looking just looking for bets, and of course, again, you know, you're looking for an angle. And right, you're like, okay, I, if I can find I, a team with the mascot dolphin, I'll put money on it. I, I, I read a little preview. I had them up on ESPN Plus. Uh well, honestly, they have two bigs who are both like all, both guys got to be at least seven foot, and like one can dribble and one. They actually have like on paper, they have a very athletic looking team. Now, clearly, you know, who they play? Uh they played uh, North the Giraffes or something. <laughs> they played the Owls. Uh, Northwestern State, and they played another school. They're in, like, the American Sun Conference. But I'm telling you, man, they, they got, okay. you know, they got a coach who's some people out when they make up when they make mistakes on defense. They, 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 they play a slower pace, but they got a couple of bigs. Like, they're, they're, they're a fun team. They're, I think their gym sits about 3,000, or maybe 3,000 max. When you watch them on ESPN Plus, there's uh, some room for improvements from boosters. But – you know, any team called the Dolphins, you know, they, they're they're middle of the pack in their conference. I think they're in fourth place. So I'll, I'll have a uh, Jacksonville Dolphins update on our following week's podcast because that's my that's my squad. They're 2-0 in my bets, and I can't help but support the boys down in Jacksonville in their gym of 2,500 people. But, you know, they're, they're about 70% full. That was way too full. long, and I hope that app gets fucked up again. No, um, <laughs> no. Uh, let's get back into the world of not dolphins and giraffes and unicorns. Okay, let's okay. get back to real big time college basketball. And although Ty Ty didn't really have some kind of great game, had some assistance steals, his shot was off, but it's not like he jacked up twenty of them or whatever. The bigs were big, um, you know, for Kentucky. And Kansas, who, like I said, just got a nice little, you know, dub earlier in the week, about a week ago. Um, wow. I mean, Kentucky, they were looking like this is Tennessee from two weeks ago. They just smacked down what appears to be a pretty good Kansas squad. This team, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, if they would have had the point guard last time around, when they played Auburn, they would have beat them too. This squad is looking pretty damn good. I know it's late January though. 
Well, uh, Coach Cal's got his guys, you know, as he always says, his guys. Um, and yeah, this, this squad is legit. Uh, they dropped 51 on Kansas, and not that I think Kansas is like immaculate, but for the most part, when Kansas plays at home, they have one of the better home records in college basketball across the country. So it's rare you see a Kansas team who was ranked fifth, uh, give up 51 points in the first half and be down 20. Um, Jay Billis was, he, he was kind of bitching and moaning about the refs in the first half saying, oh, they're not calling fouls. These guys, this has turned into a boxing match. Well, maybe that was the case, but maybe that goes to show you that if, if you're, if you're, if refs are going to swallow the whistle, Kentucky's got some, some grown ass men, they, they ain't going to lose. Like, you know, I, I don't think Texas is a, a soft team or they're not the Dolphins. So I, I don't think they're a joke of a squad, but like if, if Kentucky is going to, if, if they're going to play physical basketball and they got the skills, they got the vets, they got the talent, like good Lord. And this is also a school who has the number one out of high school pick and they're, yes. they're just kind of waiting for him Marinating. to come. They're waiting and for him shame. to come off the bench. It's like, okay, so this squad has all these pieces and if healthy, if coach Kell brings him back later this year, is the best player prospect in the country. Um, I heard oh, two weeks ago he was just warming up in a pregame show. Like literally the whole student section came in and like was packed to watch him play. And I guess now you are allowed to dunk in pregame. And the dude literally put on like a highlight reel show for a pregame show. So this Kentucky team is really effing good. He's He doesn't have that typical Coach Cal where, man, I got to get my guys ready. And he goes through his typical Chris like, four-game losing streak in the SEC because his kids are too young. He might have some young kids this year, but I don't think Kentucky's going to have that four-game losing streak where it's like, oh, gosh, almighty, man, we, we got to learn how to win. They yeah. already know how to win, Chris, and, and they've been having some really good wins so far this year. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. They they got the big they, – they got a, just a plethora of talent, and like you said, it's a good mixture of young and veteran leadership. And it, it, it reminds me minorly of that team that looked like it was uh, coming into form in uh, March 2020 that we never got to see that tournament uh, quite play out, as we know. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's you just don't normally do that. Like you said, to be up 51-31 at half on the road against the Rock Chalk Jayhawks, you know, in Allen Fieldhouse, that, that's not, you know, not a normal thing. Uh, to say the least. I mean, that, that was an impressive, impressive matchup or, you know, win. Um, I was watching a good chunk of Tennessee and Texas. Um, and it was a, you know, let's see, 27 to 25 at half. Texas was up. Um, it appeared though that it was starting to turn. You know, Tennessee looked like, okay, they're going to start to take over the game and win the game. Okay, this is the time. Okay. And they just couldn't quite do it all. And and Texas just kind of hung in there, grinded it out. They didn't get much uh, Tennessee out of their starting lineup. Um, Really didn't get – I mean, they had a guy score 11 and somebody score 12. You know what I mean? Which, obviously, you're only putting up 51 and 52. So you're not going to have, like, a bunch of, you know, major scores. Um, but Texas kind of, you know, they shot the ball. It's kind of like they outplayed them a lot of the game. And, and that just rings true. I mean, they had way too many turnovers, Texas did. 
Um, but, you know, at least they they shot the ball really well. Um, it's crazy, dude. 54% there. Didn't take a lot of threes, but, you know, 44%. They struggled on the line, but lucky for them, so did Tennessee. They struggled mightily on the line. That's kind of where it was. Um, and obviously from three-point land, uh, what, five of 18. But really only two more uh, was Texas. So it's not like they – I don't know. that. To me it seemed like, okay, Tennessee's going to do this. They're going to finish this one out. But Texas hung tough. i got to give them credit. Oh, the first half of this game was it, literally the cliche of watching paint dry. Um, these teams are both good at defense. But neither is a legit contender just because offensively they're both really bad. And if you're watching the game, the announcers will give, we're giving the teams a lot of credit for, hey, like these teams play good defense. But for like 10 minutes into the game, the score was like 12 to 6. And Texas didn't score for like five minutes and Tennessee didn't score five minutes. So I've watched college basketball long enough to know that, okay, a team can have a great defense, but that doesn't give a team a reason to not score for four to five minute bunches so it it was a fun competitive game but both of these teams got to figure out something to have a chance to compete in March now defensively both these teams are probably top 20 in the country in defense so that is encouraging that could let you go on a deep run in March but if you can't score you're you're not going on deeper maybe you can win maybe make to the sweet 16 but come Sweet 16, you're going to play a team that plays good defense and has good offense. Neither teams right now have good offense. Um, even the announcer, Chris, talked about how Texas just pounds the ball into the floor and, and they don't pass the ball. It's just dribble, 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 and that's their offense. And it goes to show, I mean, a 52-51 to 51 game, sure, it was fun. Um, so a good win. Um, Tennessee, that's not a bad loss at all, but it just – it was it's 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 tough to watch a game where literally like I think with eight minutes to go the score was like twelve to eight or so, something really similar to that. So I you got to figure out something because eight minutes to go in the first half. Yeah 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 yeah. So it's just it, um and if you're Texas uh, a good win you needed that one it's a ranked win but if you're Tennessee man you have a a legit offense or excuse me a legit defense but you're playing the SEC. And you're going to have to work up some offense because you have a lot of teams in that conference who are going to push you just like Texas will get pushed too. So what can they figure out offensively to improve their chances to have a more successful season? Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. That that sums it up. Now, Baylor um, in Alabama, who's been kind of all over the place, played, and um, it was a close game at half. And the first maybe five to ten minutes, Bama started – you know, adding to their lead. I think they stretched it to like 10 or 11, something like that. To Baylor's credit, they did keep chopping it down. I think they got it to five. Then I think maybe with like five or four minutes left, they got it to four. But but it wasn't enough. And when you look at it, Alabama ended up, you know, winning cleanly. And it's kind of funny because, you know, I was – kind of looking into their resume and looking at the, the, the their wins and losses. And now, right now, the Crimson Tide are, are tied for second with most quadrant one wins in the country. Um, but, and this is actually from ESPN2, the stat as well, it also the only top 30 team in the net with two quadrant 
three losses. Not quadrant two, but quadrant three losses. So it's all over the place. Like when they when they play a quadrant one A opponent that they're five and one, and everyone else they're like nine and six. So um, they do like it actually says in this article talking about they do rely on the three a lot, no doubt about it. Uh, but funny enough, and I back out. That's a good point. That you know they actually didn't really shoot the the three like a whole like a a, a ton uh, or that well in their big wins, right? The Baylor and uh, Tennessee and Houston, but in LSU. But then they turn around and they actually hit more. I think they they shot a lot more volume in their losses, but they actually hit more. But you know. If you shoot 10 or 15 more or 12 more in a game and you only hit one or two more, that's really not saying much. But if Bama can kind of right the ship, well, they kind of did there. But if they can just be more consistent, um, they're definitely a tourney team and a damn good team, man. Good program right now for them because they're, they're on the up and up as a program, really, you know. Yeah, well, and like you said, the, their schedule, is it, it makes you shake your head. Because you lost at Georgia, which is a shitty loss. And you lost at Mizzou, who's been playing better of late, but that Mizzou loss was seven games ago, so that was kind of maybe what got Mizzou going. And just those losses were bad, but then you beat Baylor, you beat LSU, you know, you lose to Auburn by four at home, which isn't an awful loss. But, yeah, they are very hit or miss. I will say, though, I was watching that game like you, and the one thing they stated was – was like last year, Bama almost shot the three ball close to 40%. This year, they're nowhere near that. So last year, they had the pieces of, of, a, of a very talented team, Chris. They also had the three ball very well. This year, their three ball is not that good, which probably explains the losses to a Missouri, to a Georgia. That makes you shake your head like, dude, so you beat Baylor and you beat LSU You've lost the bottom of the barrel teams. And, you know, Memphis, they tried to run against Memphis. Memphis ran him out the gym. But they also beat Gonzaga. Right. So, and, and they smoked Miami by 32, which is an impressive win. And beat Drake, who's a decent middle-of-the-pack team. But they lost to Iona, you know, and, and um, Rick Pitino. So, I think simply due to the fact that they've um, not shot the three ball quite as well as last year has led to the, the variance of wins and losses. But on a given day, this team is very good. I just don't know, Chris, if you've been – if the three ball has not been the same for you this year, I don't think it's going to change this far into the season. Like, normally at this point in the year, you kind of know the team you are. So yeah. I'd be very surprised if all of a sudden, hey, we're going to hit the three ball like we did last year. But on a given day, this team can legit beat anyone. But the, unless the, unless they get more shots in practice – uh, it, it would probably be a little bit tougher. But, yeah, that was a great one against Baylor, and Baylor was, you know, out the best player. Their other best player was dinged up a little bit. They they put up a hell of a fight, uh, but they just couldn't take all the punches from Bama to win that game. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I was – I didn't pull the trigger, I'll fully admit it, but I was eyeing that TCU and LSU game, uh, LSU coming in ranked and whatnot. I thought, you know what, that might be the upset, but, you know – not probably about a, well a week ago, they had already you know upset Iowa State. So I was like, ah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And sure enough, um, TCU got a good win, and they're over LSU, and they're kind of 
it's an interesting thing here. So they lost at the beginning of the month. They lose in a competitive game to Baylor. Turn around, win at Kansas State. And that is at Kansas State. Had a one-point win on Oklahoma. Lost to Oklahoma State by one point. Um, like I said, beat Iowa State. Then got just trounced. And maybe that was in the back of my head, too. Like, ah, I mean, Texas just whooped on them. Uh, so maybe not. Um, and that was at home. They turn around, beat LSU. Then they got to go on the road at the Sooners uh, tonight, actually. Here's the thing, though, Marshall. We're going to find out about TCU here very, very soon. Okay, they got some winnable games here in the next couple of games. But then, starting February 12th, at Texas Tech, home Iowa State, at Baylor, at Texas, home Texas Tech, and then home Kansas. <laughs> that sounds like how the Gophers start the Big Ten every year. Uh, but but way worse because that's just literally five straight games. So we're going to find out a little bit more uh, about TCU. But I, I got to admit, man, I didn't pull the trigger. I should have. I definitely should have. I, I did take TCU to win that game uh, just because LSU at home has been really good. And on the road, they've been a little less good. Um, and I'll say this, you know, for TCU – like, I think that Jamie Dixon has really got them to become a much better program after he came from Pitt. But he's also been here now, Chris, for what appears to be quite a few years. So I guess the question is, can you go from being, you know, a, a respectable program to making the tournament have a chance to win a game? Like, I feel right now there that, um, like, we, we could win the NIT team. But I don't think that's what they want as a program. And I mean, after a great start this year, but I feel they've always kind of been that, okay, like NIT champs or bubble team. And that's where they've been for the last two to three years. So what can you do to make yourself become a, hey, let's win the first week of March Madness tournament? So obviously a good win against LSU, that's a quality win for sure. But can they progress to become a, higher level, more competitive team. And that's, I think, what we'll find out as the next uh, month and a half play out. Yeah, it's a good way to look at it on Sunday. Purdue and Ohio State uh, did battle. And, it I mean, at half it was like a 9 or 10-point lead from Purdue, I believe. And um, they looked like they were cruising. Uh, they got up. They were up double digits. For a long, long time, actually looking at it right now, 50 to 32 at the 15 minute mark. You could flash forward, you know, 11 minute mark, still up 50, 51 to, to, or 54 to 41. Even down the stretch of this game, 63 uh, to 49 with seven minutes left. You could go even further, four minutes left, 70 to 59. I mean, they were up. I'm looking at the 357 mark. They're up 73 to 61. And then that Bronham came back to go along with EJ Liddell. And somehow, some way, you know, back to back uh, three pointers by EJ ties it up with 26 seconds left, 78 78. But Ivy saved the day. Um, but Purdue, I mean, they're a damn good team. They got, you know, the point guard figured out. They got two bigs, really three bigs. Um, 
And that's why I kind of liked him in this matchup because, you know, who else is going to score? Well, Ohio State found another scorer, no doubt about it, but I was wondering how that's going to work. But credit to the Buckeyes because, you know, they hung in there all the way down the stretch, but Purdue, you know, what could have been a, a, a bad loss because it was at home and they're up, I just talked about, really deep in the game, but they did end up, uh, you know, a little saving grace shot there to, to win it and close it out. I guess this is like the third time Purdue's blown like a, a 15 to 20 point lead. So I think they're talented enough, Chris, to get up big on these teams, but they kind of take their foot off the gas, which obviously is not a, a good trade to have, but it, it does happen. So you're right. Uh, another great win. Um, again, just a handful of weeks ago, this team was ranked number one in the country. Uh, clearly, as of now, they are one of the best teams in the country. Um, it is rare to have two bigs like they do, and it's two bigs who are, like, good. I did watch a lot of college basketball this past week, and I've seen a lot of bigs who I would not say are good. They're tall, but just because you're tall in college basketball doesn't mean you have a post to move or you have, you have a shot or you can make a rebound to save your life. So, uh, Creighton's bigs. <laughs> um, so, you know, there is a skill set to having two good bigs that are actually good players. So, a nice one by Purdue. Obviously, they're still in the race to win the, the, the Big Ten. Um, obviously, they're ranked sixth. They might even go up. They might even gotten up a spot today. So, yeah, that is a great win in Ohio State. Um, you know, they've been going through a, a pretty tough schedule here to start off the Big Ten. But as we said last week, Chris, pretty much every team in the Big Ten has spurts in your schedule where your schedule does become a beast. Like, so Ohio State, you know, you're 6-3 and three in conference. That's obviously a, a damn good record. But I think every team is going to kind of go through a little bit of waves where, you know, it's like at Purdue versus Iowa. Um, play Michigan, play Sparty. Like every team kind of goes through those bumps. So it's, I guess it's not surprising. And they, they took a loss here and to lose by three and have a valiant comeback. That's, it's a loss in the column, but not, not a bad one. Did you say Jacksonville or Jacksonville State? Uh, oh, for the Dolphins? Yeah. It's, uh, Jacksonville. Okay. Yeah. I, I, it's like, wait a second. It's, it's, Forget it. It was gonna be a. I was gonna be like, "What are you talking about? Their their name is something else." Because I thought you said Jackson State. Okay, sorry. Um, I just you know find a way to to make fun of that new team that we have. That I had no clue. <laughs> I just wanted to be part of it. You just announced it on air. Like I don't even. We gotta talk about this off air. I don't know if I'm down for this. Um, but Providence. Um, yes, sir. Man, you know we talked about them. That was a you know slow start, no doubt about it. Twenty nine, twenty three, Marquette up on the road, but they turn around forty two to thirty four, and just grind out. You know, I mean, Nat, Nate Watson really put um, an emphasis on the game there, but um, Providence is just finding a way to get the job done. 57-53 over UConn, 70-65 over Seton Hall. They got just trampled somehow, some way at Marquette. But since then, I mean, no looking back, they beat Xavier on the road, 65-62. Just beat uh, Marquette, 65-63. They beat Texas Tech this year. They beat Wisconsin this year at Wisconsin. Um this squad, man, we, we mentioned the last two weeks, didn't want to jinx them, but 
clearly they are a squad to watch uh, in the Big East and across the country. The uh, the Saber metrics people will say they're the luckiest team in the country, and eventually they're going to fall down their face. But and sure, maybe they are lucky to win some close games. Like obviously they're eight and one, and they've won a bunch of close games. But there's something to be said for a team that literally wins all their close games. Like they're that they're they're good. As you said, they're the oldest team in the country. I know for a fact they have one of the best bigs in the country. Watson's a beast. That dude's pretty much a guaranteed double-double every game. I guess he only had six rebounds last game, but he, he he's one of the better centers in college basketball. And Durham's a guard that's a great player. Horkler's their spot-up shooter. I, I mean, I, I'm biased. I like the Big East. They're one of my favorite teams I support in the Big East, so I, I'm, I'm happy for them. Uh, but they're a good team. Like to win eight games to be eight and one in I would say probably the fourth or if you had to stretch it, um, third best conference in America. Like okay, like you have a legit squad, so good for them. Eighteen and two, you've listed off a lot of quality wins that I would look good for almost any resume. So that's awesome. I'm happy for them. And to give credit to Marquette, who who they did lose, and it was a hell of a game. But Marquette, up until the loss, was the hottest team in the country, probably. Because Marquette had beat, they went from, like, being, like, the 90th ranked team in Ken Palm, which is, like, the, if you don't know, it's, like, the ultimate, like, what you, how you grade teams in college basketball. It's, like, the number one ranking. But they were, like, 90th and got up to 29th. They beat Providence, beat Georgetown, beat DePaul, beat Seton Hall, beat Villanova, beat Xavier, beat Seton Hall, and then just lost to Providence by two. So in the span of a seven-game win streak, Marquette went from being like 90th to like 29th. So Shaka Smart, who, again, was good at VCU, you would probably say failed in Texas, now has a team who is ranked again and shot up 70 spots in rankings. So they're having a hell of a year, too. So, again, this Big East is a lot of fun. But, dude, go Providence. And I hope you keep winning games, whether they're by luck or by skill. Good for them. They're a fun team to watch. And just to add to what I was saying about the, you know, how old they are, and this isn't like pro basketball or pro sports old, right? This is good old, really. Uh, the Friars have five graduate students on their roster for the first time in program history. Those players have a combined 549 games played. Jesus. Yeah. So, I mean, that's this why you a, win close games. Exactly. Literally. Like, Yep, and, and it starts to, as we, we know plenty of times, it does pay off in March and April. You know, a lot of times we look at these young teams, even like a guy like, and I'm not pointing them out just to, you know, piss on them, but a guy, we've seen plenty of Durant come through. They got to the Sweet 16. Plenty of teams, and they had a good club. They just didn't have much of a bench. But, um, yeah, man, it, this is going to be interesting to watch how that goes. They're in a damn good conference. Um, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, real quick though, last Tuesday, UCLA just smacked Arizona around. They were up big throughout the game. I think I read someplace that they held them thirty points under their average or something like that. Um, obviously, there is a rematch coming though, so we'll see. Uh, that same night, Illinois got a nice win, one point win, fifty six fifty five over Michigan State. Michigan State had been playing really well just in general, but even in that game, uh, Kentucky had Mississippi State in overtime. Um, 
So, yeah, overall, any other items that you, uh, you know, want to talk about, some game that you want to talk about, or maybe something about dolphins or anything like that? Uh, I, I, like I said, I'll, we'll have an update on how our dolphins do this week. Um, uh, besides that, I guess, you know, USC, um, they're kind of a weird team just because they've been ranked high, but they can't beat Stanford. Like, they were 17-0. and and now they have three losses in the Pac-12, and two of those losses are to Stanford. So basically, they're like 18 and three now in the year, and two of the three losses are against Stanford. So besides Stanford, USC is like a top 10 team in the country. So that's kind of hard to say. Like, you know, how legit are they? Along with uh, UCLA, who you mentioned is very good, and um, Oregon, who on a given day can beat almost anyone in that conference, is potentially good too. So I'll be very curious to see kind of how the the top teams in the Pac-12 play out is you have Oregon, who's hit or miss, along with um, USC and UCLA and Arizona. So that'll be a, a fun game, as you said, to watch um, on Wednesday, Chris, when those teams have a rematch. And USC, they got some lottery picks, but I guess just stay away from Stanford. <laughs> yeah, right. And <laughs> in, uh, in literally about 15 minutes, Duke at Notre Dame. And, you know, it's funny, that thing's back up to five now. You said five and a half, didn't I say four? Yeah, it's, it's you did. Five now they listed it. Uh, that's kind of weird. Um, that must have been an error or something like that. I've noticed um, ever since the major cutbacks on ESPN in general, whether it's the writers or whatever, you know what I mean. They obviously turn their website into more of a a video thing, but um, they have all sorts of errors on their on their website. Like I mentioned earlier, we'll see if Baylor can kind of just get a dub there. Kansas at Iowa State. Will Iowa State, you know, get the dub at home? It's always a tough – you know that place is going to be bumping. Uh, But Kansas is going to be a little desperate right now, a little embarrassed. Um, You know, they got to dry their eyes from what just happened. I actually like Kansas. Uh, Well, hey, hold on. There was an injury in that game. I don't think it's anything major, though. God, what am I missing? Something in the back of my head is telling me that someone got hurt. Um, I can't remember. But anyway, I'm going to go with Kansas to beat Iowa State in that one. Um, and then I like Texas Tech that same night. We'll keep it Big 12 right now. That same night, Texas Tech and Texas plays. I like Texas Tech at home. They're really coming into form as well uh, on Tuesday night. Um, yeah, let, what about those two games? Uh, and then I think Illinois is going to beat Wisconsin. And that Villanova-Marquette, dude, that is going to be a damn good game on Wednesday. All right. So um, for Texas, Texas Tech, i got to take Texas Tech. Uh, after watching Texas's offense, I cannot bet them to win on the road. And um, I'm hearing some, like, People saying from Vegas, like, sprinkle money on Texas Tech to win the national title, just because not to say it's a lot, but I think they're like 200 to 1. They, there's some crazy odds. So look at Texas Tech. So maybe they're a, a, a little bit of like a sleeper for a legit threat team. So I'll take Texas Tech to win. And normally I always, I'll have to DVR because I have a game tomorrow night, but I always love watching Iowa State Kansas because that's normally a really fun game, especially at Iowa State. Yeah. But I, so much of college basketball is when you look at teams' win-loss records, like 
there's so many times where a, a, a shitty loss leads to a, a bounce back. How can't Kansas bounce back after getting one of the worst losses in Fog Allen? Like that thing was like the sixth worst loss Kansas had in their whole marina, just to show how good they've been there for the, how many, you know, 50, 60 years. Um, right. And again, I hate saying this, so I'm not officially making a pick, but I would venture to assume Iowa State will lose tomorrow night. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll phrase it that way. Iowa State, I think, will lose tomorrow night. I think your calling is to being a politician. That's kind of really sound like you own a company. And you just don't want to offend anybody. So I just don't know. That, that's fair. That's, that's just North Carolina, you know, a top pro, the, the, a tipping top program coming out of you. I get it. Kentucky, Kansas, Duke. I that, that is that is true. And also, um, Tuesday, God, I'm going to have to set the DVR for a couple of games. Yeah, seriously. Because uh, also, tomorrow night, I'll, I'll be home for the end of it, but Bama at Auburn. Um, okay, Auburn's undefeated still, number one seed, 20-1. and one. Bama, again, on a given night, can put up a good fight. Um, mm-hmm. Auburn just beat Bama by four in Tuscaloosa. So now Alabama tried to return the favor. Again, I don't know if they, I don't think they will at Auburn. And again, especially highs and lows of college basketball. Bama's coming off a huge high. Now, obviously, they have a rivalry game against Auburn. Maybe It's maybe not quite the football rivalry, but it's a rivalry. But still, you beat Baylor, you played lights out, you had a hell of a game. It'd be really hard to regroup, go to uh, where Auburn. I was thinking of the name of the city. Well, Auburn is the name of the city. I'm an idiot. Um, To go to Auburn and then also beat them too. I don't think you can beat Baylor and Auburn in the same week. They'll, they'll probably try, or I should say in seven days, but – I would take Auburn to win tomorrow night, uh, but that should be a fun game. So, yeah, tomorrow night's a great night of Auburn-Bama, Texas-Texas Tech, Iowa State-Kansas, um, uh, Carolina goes to Louisville. I mean, that's not saying that's as good of a game, but it's still, like, it's a legit regular day-of-the-week game. Uh, yeah, that's that's a hell of a slate, man. That's some good basketball tomorrow night. And what a, speaking of slates, so Alabama, obviously we know we talked about them. Beating Baylor, you just broke down that Auburn game. Then they got Kentucky after that too. It's at home. Who? It's like Alabama. Jesus. Yeah. Good God. And they got to play Kentucky again, like a couple of weeks later, like four games, three games later. So yeah, that's that's the NCAA saying, you know what, Chris, dude, we know you got Nick Saban, but screw y'all's basketball boys. Like, you know, we're gonna stick it to you for the schedule because y'all went up in football. <laughs> There is that when you. That's the thing that they're messing up. They're beating the good team. When you lose to the good team, it doesn't hurt you. When you lose to the bad team, that's when it hurts you. True. Uh, yeah. But you're, their you're schedule's right. deep, dude. I mean, yeah. they got. I'd like to at the end of the year, or even coming into March after February, we'll see who's got the best resume, win, lose, or draw. Because right now, dude, Alabama, dude, they. Whew. Um, so you think Ukula is going to win a close game against Zona, or you think Zona's going to be like, you know, we got too much pride to get beat down like that. You're now in the desert. It's time to, to for payback. Because I kind of think is going to steal one late. It's going to be down to the last 90 seconds or something like that, and they're going to – or 30 seconds, something like that, within that last couple minutes – Maybe winning at the free throw line could have put it away by like three to five points. I think the teams are too evenly matched, and I think that Zona obviously didn't play their 
best basketball. So I think that Arizona bounces back with a, I'll say a, a double digit win. I think they return the favor and they get a nice win over UCLA. Okay. Okay. Um, so Saturday, dude, UConn at Villanova. And there's other good games that could be upset. Indiana could upset Illinois, for Christ's sake. Iowa State at Texas. Both, I mean, that's, yeah, this, this thing is packed. Uh, Michigan's not as good this year right now. They did get a nice win, but they're, they're down this year. Uh, but Baylor at Kansas, like we mentioned, hopefully, oh boy, will be back their leading scorer. Dude, yeah, USC, Arizona, man, this thing is just, this thing is packed. And like you said, Kentucky, Alabama, or like I said too, Kentucky, Alabama. And you know um, who for me. Oh, yeah. And then talk about this is going to be on my under the radar. This is going to be the under the radar game, Duke and North Carolina. You son of a bitch. I remember a couple of years ago when there was like a debt, like we weren't really talking about it, right? But this year it feels like we're really not talking about it. That's fair. I'm just saying. That's weird. Now, don't get me wrong. The game will probably be fun to watch because of the rivalry and it is at, you know, it is at home, but, uh, I don't know, man. Are the, what seed do you think the Tar Heels will get in the NIT though? I'm just kidding. I mean, you know, they're not having a great year this year, but they're also what 15 and six that are yeah. seven and three. I mean, okay. So they've lost to Purdue. Not a bad loss. Lost to Tennessee. Not a bad loss. Lost to Kentucky. That's okay. Lost to Notre Dame, that's okay. Lost to Miami, okay. They lost at Wake. Who, like, who's they beat? Can we go over the stuff they beat? Because uh, it sounds like, like a lot of resume there, but uh, they just can't okay. stop anybody. No. Uh, they beat Michigan. Uh, In football, or what, what, are we, what are we talking uh, about? They, they beat Michigan. They beat Virginia. Uh, okay. They don't have any quality yes, wins. Then I teach. Yeah, that uh, no, I'm sure they're on the but like their 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 playoff chances aren't dead yet. I mean, they could make like they're all doing no. okay, but but yeah, they they don't have quality. Win- they've literally been losing all their top notch games. They have to win, but a win against Duke would obviously go a long way. So, um, but yeah, it's the first year Hubert Davis has taken over, and it's you know it's a new a new uh, leader of the ship. So yeah, I, I mean, I I don't think that's an excuse. You wouldn't tell that to any Carolina booster. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see that that uh, that will obviously be a fun game. It always is. Um, I'll never forget. I think I was watching two years ago, where when they did the preview of the pregame show, like five minutes before the game tipped off, and they said that both teams had literally scored the same amount of points against each other in the past, like 105 matchups. It's like, dude, how, how's that possible yeah, to play dude. 105 games? You both have like 2,036 points. It's like. That that's not normal. Uh, that, I, I just love it. But I hope that obviously they get the win. Duke's obviously the more talented team this year, but maybe a win against Duke at home could spur them on to having a better yeah. second half of the season. Yeah, that's a good point. That that could be. Um. So okay, there was something I was going to break down there. Well, as, as you're doing that, so Carolina does play Duke at five on. Uh, Saturday. So when that game is over, are they going to televise that or no? <laughs> no it, it's on ESPN. 
But following that game, Kentucky goes into Alabama. All right, so you're Alabama. Hey, dude, you, you took a punch from Baylor. You got to win. You're about to get punched again Saturday at home. And if hey, if they can get that win too, dude, yeah. I'll, I'll give you credit. I, I don't think Kentucky gives a shit where they play. They walked into Fog Allen and beat them by well, like they were up 23 a couple minutes ago. Kansas got a couple of cheapies, but um, Kentucky ain't gonna be afraid of Tuscaloosa. But dude, if you're Bama, man, talk about enjoying life. If you're a college, uh, if you're a college um, student, you get to face Baylor. You get to face. You just had Auburn. You get to play Auburn this week. Then get host Kentucky. That's a lot of fun basketball. But I don't. I don't see uh, Kentucky missing a beat, uh, especially if that Ty Ty Washington's healthy. The boys are in a groove. It's a great day of basketball Saturday. But I would not be picking Bama. And I'll be very curious to see. I know we can't predict the future, Chris, because they don't make the the point spreads a week ahead like they do in college football. Right. But if if that spread is close at all. I would definitely be betting uh, Kentucky to win in Tuscaloosa. That's my first pick of the week. Uh, take Kentucky, whatever it is. Maybe it'll be Kentucky minus one or two, something like that. Um, take them to win in Tuscaloosa. Two things about that Baylor Kansas game. I got to see what Kansas does in their next game, or the you know the game before that. And is Baylor going to be full strength? Uh, those things kind of play into it. I do think Iowa State has a good chance to upset Texas on the road. Oh, God, that's um, a three. What a beautiful – holy yeah. – Baylor, KU, Duke, Kansas, Bama, Kentucky. Shit, that, that's a great Saturday. Yeah, I mean, and they – I think ESPN had – because there was boxing at the end of it, but they had five – they had a what, – what's a quadruple – like, they had a five – like a, a Cinco – header no really though they had wow. five games in a row and then it went to boxing it was pretty freaking crazy that's awesome i um so this is what it is okay so byu is on the up and up this year supposedly this conference here is starting to look like it did well we're not going to say from like eight years ago or whether when new mexico state and other teams were better but i am going to kind of keep an eye on that gonzaga Visiting BYU, hopefully BYU can give them a nice little run kind of on the West Coast, USC, Arizona. That'll be interesting to see. It is hard to pick five, six days ahead, especially when you, you'd like to see how they perform in the game before sure. because then all of a sudden, you know, they're not going to lose three in a row or whatever, you know, that type of stuff. But yeah. um, one game I'm really looking at that's early UConn Nova, now according to ESPN's Basketball Power Index, uh, Nova is 81.3% going to win this damn game. That, that's what they're saying. Okay, That's what the, the computers are saying. Okay, But UConn is a really interesting team. Now, obviously, you know, since I started watching college basketball, by the late 80s, early 90s, UConn has been a pretty, damn, you know, tippy-top, program since then and they got on a roll here you know they 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 had you know they missed the Xavier game Butler game Providence game they missed some games in there but when you look at his resume win or lose um you know to beat Auburn in double overtime turn around the next day and barely lose to Michigan State had an overtime game against VCU Lost to West Virginia, really tight game. 
really tight game against 57-53 against Providence. Turned right around, beat Marquette. Lost in overtime to Seton Hall, but got a good win to make up for it. The stretch year, though, for UConn, Creighton, Nova, Marquette, Xavier. Got to play Xavier again and Nova again, so it's makeup time. Obviously, that's this is a perfect example of, man, I, I want to see some of that, see how they perform tomorrow night against Creighton to get a vibe. But they've won five in a row, and even if they split the next four games, they're going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah, it's it's a little interesting to see how they've kind of become a more kind of like fast tempo run and gun team. <clears throat> last year they had my boy Book Knight, who I uh, he was probably my favorite player in college basketball last year. I loved watching that kid. Uh and then they faltered in the game one of the tournament. But um he, he kinda of ran the show and they were a good defensive team. This year they're a little more run and gun and try to jack a baby on you. So uh, they're a good team. Uh, they're fun to watch. Uh, but yeah, like you said, that's a that's a brutal schedule. But I think when you're when you are a squad who can run a gun, you're kind of literally the opposite of Tennessee and Texas, who's going to try to win a game in the '60s. UConn's more win a game in the '80s. But I think with the stretch you mentioned, Chris, if you can go three and two, that's probably a pretty good run through that gauntlet of teams you just mentioned. So if they can do that, we talked about them, you know, near the end of February. Hey, you're looking like you're tournament tested. You're good to go. You've had some quality wins on the road, right at home. Like, let's go. It'll be yeah. That's that's a gauntlet, but it, that the same thing applies for whether it is the SEC, which Bama's going through, or the Big Twelve, which Kansas is going through, or the you know the Big East. Like with these top four conferences, I would say along with the Big Ten, like every team has that stretch of four games. You're like, dude. We don't get a break. Like, who, right. who did this to us? But in fair is fair, every team goes through that. Now, again, obviously right now, Bama's going through the ringer, and obviously that, that Big 12 uh, SEC cross-conference didn't help them much. They won, you know. But every team has that stretch in their schedule. It's just what happens to your team. It's like, dude, can we, like, let's just go two and two. Like, two and two, then we get maybe yeah. get, get, a, get a, a little bit of a cakewalk against a lower-tier team, which – is scary for the mental mindset of it, but yeah, so that, that they're going kind of going through their gauntlets. So how they perform, we'll see, but yeah, they've been, they've been kind of quieter news in the big East, but they're having, like you said, a really good year so far. Yeah. It's kind of like, it sounds like me and my Timberwolves right now, if they can go two and two during the stretch and then go three and two or four and one in that game of winnable games and whatnot. Exactly. Um, so kind of going through some of these conferences like we, we, we like to do, kind of breaking it down a little bit here and there. Um, you know, as far as the AAC, Houston, um, number six in the country, they're looking the part of a damn good team. They're undefeated at home. They've won 10 in a row. SMU is 7-1. and one. We'll see if they can, uh, you know, do something there. Davidson's another team that a lot of people are talking about. Um, uh, they're seven and one. A lot of people in the Atlantic Ten, a lot of mid-major talk, talk anyway. And here I am talking a bunch of stuff um, about your Tar Heels, and you know they're only a game out of the ACC. So here I am <laughs> talking a gang of shit. And if they beat Duke, they're right there on the yeah. bus. Now Miami beat them, but still, I mean, I really should just pump my brakes a little bit and calm down because Duke 
is a half game out. Notre Dame, I mean, these are big games here. Duke's got a, a bigger week than I thought on paper in the conference. they got to go at Notre Dame. It's tipping off here. they probably tip right now. Um, and Notre Dame's right behind them at 7-2. and two. And then North Carolina, like you said, if they got their first big win of the year, we got like a three-way, four-way tie almost at the ACC. Now the other side of it, KU, they're up 6-1. They're leading the pack there. And that's just a mixture. Baylor definitely has to get healthy because this is an important stretch for them, no doubt about it. Texas Tech, talking about that team, they're 5-3 and three in this conference. And, and we talked about Iowa State a lot, too. Even Oklahoma State, who has some good wins. They're 3-5, and 3-5. and five. I mean, the, both these conferences, especially the Big 12, which a lot of people think is the best conference this year, um, there's just so much, you know, it's just another example of there's a lot of basketball to be played here, and I can't, can't be counting out your Tar Heels this early. That's, that's my fault. That's fair. Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, they need a quality win, but they do, and Duke could be it. But, you know, the and this is a cliche, but it's really true. The win-loss record most teams play doesn't matter because there's been years where Carolina's had two conference wins and Duke's had 12 or vice versa, and the underdog wins. It really is about as evenly as a matchup as possible. It's always a lot of fun. So I hope they pull off the W as always. I'll be watching that game. I think I've missed two of those games. They've played each other in the past, like, 25 years, that's kind of like, my, I, I don't miss it. It's fun. It's one of the, my favorite days of the year. So I hope it's a victorious day for my squad. Um, to keep going. Uh, in the both those East, conferences, moving day. In a couple of these conferences, moving day in the next week. You can maneuver oh, here. I mean, this, sure. this is going to be interesting. And for the Big East, uh, the the lucky, quote-unquote, sabermetrics, Providence Friars <laughs> are 8-1. Villanova's nine and two. God, I, I said UConn's being a sleeper team. They're six and two in conference. That ain't shabby. I think they've had right. a little bit of an easier schedule than other, some of their squads near them. But again, everyone everyone's well, going to get their own turn in yeah. conference, not the non-conference. Yeah, but the, their their time will come. Well, they'll have their gauntlet too. Uh, Shaka's boys had that seven game winning streak, which obviously vaulted them up to seven and four in conference. Xavier's five and four. They had a great win against uh, Creighton. They went on a 27-2 to run against Creighton in that game to get a, a really nice win at Creighton. That was impressive. And sadly, St. John's, who's one of my favorite teams, uh, three and five, their their bubble hopes are uh, they're out, they're on a one man island. It's a really small bubble. And Seton Hall, who a couple weeks ago I said was you know pretty well they're a safe tournament team, and I've heard you know analysts say that too. Uh, they're three and six. St. John's is three and five. Either of those teams want to make the tournament. They best go on a run like Marquette had, where you win seven in a row. But yeah. uh, I, I, I didn't. I, I, I thought both those teams would be kind of a tournament lock, but uh, neither are a lock at anything at all right now. So, yeah, the Big East I, again. I'm biased. It's my most fun one to watch, but it, it's it, it's impressive when you when your top five teams are ranked. That shows you have a competitive conference. So good for them. And again, uh, what, like. Like Chris said, what kind of record will you kind of have in two weeks? Like, you know, you're having right. a great year so far. You lost an NBA talented point guard, and you've, you've bounced back to have a really good year. So how will they continue to move on? Yeah, uh, and that moving week continues in the Big Ten because you got Wisconsin and Illinois playing uh, here soon, eight eight and two apiece. 
Purdue is actually – we're going to find out how good Michigan is because they got to play Michigan twice in a short amount of time. I've seen Rutgers and uh, Indiana play. They're pretty good sitting at 7-4 and, and 6-4. and four. Uh, Michigan State had that nice little run. Uh, they finally, you know, took an L there, but it was tight. It was at Illinois, even though it felt like they probably should have won the game. But, you know, it, it's nothing to be, you know, worried about. Purdue, who, you know, two weeks ago, or what, three weeks ago, they're the number one team in the nation, seven and three. So Big Ten is just, but like I said, the top two, top two uh, teams right now are going to play. So this, this whole moving week continues. The same with the Pac-12 because, you know, Arizona needs to make up for it. And USC can't be taking too many losses because they're eight and three. Um, and they got some, you know, Oregon who I don't really know about them right now um, because they've had some good performances and some bad. They're six and three in the Pac-12, but um, as far as the SEC, it's, it's Auburn, Kentucky, and then some solid teams after that. It does appear maybe Alabama at four and four. Like we said, they really need to to get this right here because they're four and four. Same with LSU, they need to get a dub. Man, these conferences races are going to be fun to watch. Yeah, the uh, the SEC is it, it it's it's getting there. Um, I did watch Arkansas play a game this past week, and good God, they played Old Miss. And you want to talk about again? I, I said it was watching paint dry with uh, Tennessee and Texas. The Old Miss Arkansas game was probably even worse. That was hideous basketball. Yet uh, Arkansas this past Saturday at home looked like a massively different team. So, you know, and again, like I said, if you're ever looking to bet college basketball this year, it look at a team's home and away record. And if that, if a team has even close to a 500 record on the road, that shows how damn good you are. Cause most teams will have an under 500 record on the road. And that's pretty much normal. But again, look at this. Auburn is 11 and 0 at home, six and 0 on the road. That's a quality ass team. Kentucky thirteen on home, three and three on the road. Those are the only two teams. Okay, excuse me. A uh, and M's got three and two on the road, and Vandy's four and three. So of the, I believe fourteen teams in the SEC, Chris, only four of them have a above five hundred or better record on the road. And I don't know who A and M and Vanderbilt have played. But, again, uh, Kentucky and Auburn, again, if you want to look at how good a team is, see if they went on the road. Because in college basketball, that's so, so hard to do for various reasons. But, yeah, the SEC is a lot of fun. And, again, I would say right now looking for tournament spots. Obviously, Auburn and Kentucky are looking great. Arkansas has got to pick it up a bit. Tennessee has been ranked uh, pretty much the whole year. Mississippi State's a little bit of a sleeper. Bama's got potential. LSU's got potential. After that, I think it really does drop off. But yeah, that that's a fun conference, which should be um, a, a very fun conference tournament in a month. Because as we said last week on our podcast, they're a little more the, those top six teams appear to be stronger than normal at this point in the year, Chris. Yeah, although it does seem like the top two are like kind of separating the South. That's sure. Like, that's a big thing with Bama. The Bama's going to make the tournament with that resume too, even if they sneak in. All right. Let's get to it. We're basically at the hour mark. Let's, uh, unless you got a couple other things to say, let's get to that crafty, crappy pick of the week um, that, you know, went good so far. 
hey, last week, 1-0 with the American win. This week we're going to Wednesday, February 2nd. I'll, I'll let my uh, co-host find the uh, ESPN link as I preview this game for him. What time are we thinking here? Uh, well, I it is it's a little different during – it's not a Saturday. Uh, this is a 7 o'clock Central time. This game is on ESPN+. Plus. Okay. Uh, Lamar – is traveling to the University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley. This is a whack throwdown. You can get in the door for $10. This is whack. This game is at UTRGV Fieldhouse in Edinburgh, Texas. I suppose I could drive there and be a reporter. I bet they'd probably let us in if we said we're with the college ball show. You want me to go (laughs) try to get some – Press conference clips, my friend. I you know put put some put some muscle in for this show. You better uh, get it now because it only holds twenty five hundred. <laughs> better get there quick. Uh, I, I don't know if my boss will let me enjoy taking a day off of work to go watch two teams that have combined eight wins out of uh, thirty four games. But you know whatever or oh shit out out of forty. <sighs> but anyways, uh, it is the Lamar Cardinals averts the of, against the UT Rio Grande Valley. Vaqueros? Oh, boy. Have fun with this one, Chris. Vaqueros against Cardinals. What's your gut say? Well, my gut's saying this is a shitty game. That's what it's saying right off the bat. Um, (laughs) Now, I do like, even though, of course, they didn't win anything, but I do like how Lamar, the Cardinals, did pretty, you know, they, they, they challenged themselves in the not Jesus Christ, <laughs> UT Rio Grande Grand Valley lost to Arizona 104 to 50. So that so no no point in challenging yourself uh, if you're just going to get stomped out. Um, but you know both of them did. Now that I'm looking at it, both of them did. And at Illinois, 94 to 85, UT Rio Grande. Ooh. That's pretty Ooh. damn respect. I mean, I know I just said they got beat by 55 or whatever, but prior to that, or, you know, after that, it really woke them up. You could tell, you know. <laughs> um, watching one of their practices, they had a little bit more spunk in them. Um, they can't defend worth the shit, but they do score at a higher rate than Lamar. And 45% to 40 as a team, that, that's a big deal. So I'm gonna go. I'm going with the home team because obviously you don't just walk into the UTRGV Fieldhouse and act like you can just get dubs like they're handing them out. They're probably handing out free beverages and in, in popcorn and stuff like that just because they're happy you showed up. But yeah, I'm going with the home squad, UT Rio Grande Valley, baby. Just going into the valley has got to be intimidating. Well, on that note, uh, that game is on ESPN Plus. It's a seven o'clock game and uh, forty nine hours from now. So if you want to set your DVR for it uh, or your iPad and watch that game, let us know. Two and zero, baby. Two and zero. We're going two and zero with the Vaqueros. So on that note, uh, we thanks for listening to the podcast. Again, we have an incredible Saturday to talk about. So tune in next Monday. We'll have a breakdown of a lot of fun games and hopefully start out the show with a Carolina victory. So until then. Uh, stay safe. Uh, we're Matt, March Madness is not far around the corner. We're a month. We're about six weeks away from having a whole lot of fun in our life and basketball fans. So the boys are out tonight. Peace.